What is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield. Today's episode is with one of my good friends. His name is Grayson Dahl. Grayson is a uh, missionary at heart for sure. He's had an incredible journey going to four different colleges before he ended up here at Benedictine College. Next year, he'll be a senior. Um, but Grayson just has a ton of charismatic gifts, a lot of depth of knowledge on theology and the charismatic renewal taking place in the church. And so he just shares a lot of his experience, miracles he witnessed, um, and miracles he's been a part of, and just all the crazy, crazy experiences and stories that he's gotten to uh, be witness to over the last several years as he's walked closely with our Lord. And so I hope that you really enjoy this episode, and um, yeah, just take a lot from it. We, we really go off here together and just have a great conversation. He's one of the men that I really, really respect and just have a great mutual friendship with, mutual respect in our friendship. And so I hope that you take a lot away from it. I know I've learned a lot from Grace in, in my uh, short time of knowing him. So take a lot uh, of notes on this one and just really take a lot of the message to heart. God bless. You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. You are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom, to go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ, to be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Awesome stuff, my dude, Grayson Dahl. How are you, my man? It's good to have <laughs> good, you. Good, brother, dude. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Welcome to Seeking Excellence, bro. This one I'm really excited for. You know, I, I often I tell Emily all the time, I'm like, there's not many people that I'm like, intimidated to be around you oh, know? Stop. but I'm like, Grayson one of those human beings. I don't think intimidated is the right word, but I just mm. feel like, I, you know, I tell her a lot of times when it comes to yeah. just like mature, virtuous friendships in yeah. general, that you only have a few of those in your life, mm -hmm. you know, and especially as men, I think, especially in today's world, the same way that women always complain that there's no good men out there. I mean, we feel oh, that gosh. in friendships, too. And, you know, I think that you can really tell when there's like a mutual respect between two men in a friendship. Mm -hmm. Oh, for I mean? sure. Yeah, for sure. Like the first second I encountered you, I'm like, wow, I, I respect this. man. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome cool. when you find it, but it is yeah, rare. It is and rare. so I'm grateful for that and yeah. grateful to have you with me today Dude, man. i'm pumped yeah this, <laughs> this is gonna good. be great so uh first we just love to have you just kind of tell a little bit about yeah. yourself and your story how you got here yeah so i uh, i'm 22 years old uh, i graduated high school in 2017 and right out of high school i went to um i went to northern illinois university and mm -hmm. just i had dreams to, to wrestle to wrestle division one uh and so i went and pursued it i walked on at, at northern illinois university and um Starting in like in like high school is very very competitive. In, in high school, played 
uh, played sports in high school and uh, just super plagued with injuries. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, just super, super plagued. And I was, I was so ticked off um, at what the Lord was doing in my life because I'm like, Lord, you gave me all these gifts and you're not allowing me to use them in the, in the full capacity that, right. that I think is necessary. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, moving forward, like I had a hip surgery by the time I was um, a sophomore in high school. I had, I had already had a hip surgery and a shoulder surgery from right. wrestling. Um, and, you know, faith tied into that. Um, my, my faith life, I, like I knew the Lord, but I put him on a, I, I had a very solid seal on, on the cap, mm. um, on the bottle. And I, and I kept him, I kept him at a distance and I kept him. If, if he got a little close, I'd make sure to push him away. Good uh, stiff arm. Yeah. A real good stiff, like a, like a Heisman style stiff arm, like right. get him in the dirt. Um, and I'm like, no, like, I don't want you. I don't want you coming any closer because, um, I know that if I let you in, things are going to change. Um, right. And so, yeah, I went to, uh, went to Northern Illinois after high school. Um, this is my fourth college. <laughs> um, <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so right at a, right at high school, went to Northern Illinois, went to Northern Illinois. I told the Lord when I got there, I signed and I'm like, I'm like, Lord, if this doesn't work out, you can have me. And uh, <laughs> really? those were, those are some bold words. <laughs> those were some bold words. And, uh, I look back on it now and, uh, well at semester I tore my shoulder for, uh, tore it the second time mm. and I had to leave. I had my second shoulder surgery. And so I left at the middle of your freshman year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and so I ended up leaving and I went back home. I told the, uh, I remembered what I told the Lord. And, uh, when I got home, I hit the ground running, you know, I was from the, I was from Iowa, um, in, right. right by the university of Iowa. And they were like, at the time, they're like the top three party school in the nation. Mm. And so I hit the ground running into the party scene and I ran away from the Lord again. Um, I did not want anything, anything, what he had to offer me. Yeah. And so I went, um, yeah, went, started, uh, working out on a farm. I took a year off of school and, um, and took a year off, worked out on the farm and I was supposed to leave for, um, I know you were military. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've come from a very military family. And one of the things that the desires of my heart were, I want to serve and I want to fight a battle and I want to be with people in their most vulnerable situations. Yep. And, um, and knowing this, I'm like, well, sweet, like I'm going to go to the nursing field. My mom, my dad, um, they're nurses, firefighters. I had this desire, like it's in my blood to serve. Mm -hmm. And so I went, um, I wanted to go like, like go big or go home. Like that's just something about, I'm like, I'm like either all in or you're all out. <laughs> that sounds and, right you. yeah. Right. And, uh, and so I do this and I, co I come back and work, while I'm working on the farm, I start training with um, an Air Force Special Operations team, Air Force Pararescue. And I start doing the pass tests and I um, swear into the, to the debt program. It's a delayed entry processing program. And um, my brothers were over in Afghanistan at the time. And I, and I was actually, I was sick, trained with them for six months. And I was supposed to leave three times during that, um, during that six month That's period. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, and we were a big uh, like wood splitting business out on the farm. And so we were loading, you know, loading, loading logs onto the hay rack. We were dealing with a lot of big wood, you know, rolling, rolling off the, the hay rack all the time. Um, and one of the first leave day, the log rolled off and I fractured my knee. Um, and so I wasn't obviously not able to leave on that first leave date. And then the second leave date, I fractured my back um, picking up those, these dang logs. Um, and then the third leave date was my brother's wedding. And there was like these like climactic like points, um, where it just slowly, it was slowly just led to, to this, to this one climactic like scene where I, I said yes. And I knew that if I said yes, that I would be saying yes and not going back. Right. Um, and because I was, what I was doing, very Augustine-ish, very, <laughs> yeah. very good. 
and, and my, my history is very Augustinish as well. Right. And, um, and my mama was, oh, she was interceding. Um, <laughs> she was, yeah, she was interceding. She was interceding. She wasn't following me around stalking me, but, mm-hmm. um, she was, she was definitely Which probably praying. a good thing. Probably a good thing. <laughs> right. Probably a good thing. Um, very much so. Um, yeah. And so I came to the Lord called me into, well, I guess before that I was going and talking with, um, Protestant pastor leaders and, um, because I was so, um, I was asking questions about my Catholic faith and I'm like, why are we, you know, why are we not on fire? Why are we not alive in this? Um, when I walk into a church, I never, I've never walked into a, a Catholic church and been like, wow, like this place is alive. Um, and the people right. in the pews yeah. are alive. And, um, I'm like, why is this not like our faith is not dead. And I was asking these questions and in the, you know, our Protestant brothers and sisters do have, do have things that we can learn from. Um, and sure. I, and I, so I started going and I like started asking questions and, um, the thought came across my head of, of what if I, what if I left the church and what if I, um, because I got invited by these Protestant pastors to come around with them and, and travel with them and speak with them. Wow. And, um, like these big, these You're big, what, like 19 or 20, at the I was, time? I was probably nine, 19, 19 or 20 at the time. Yeah. 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 And they're like, yeah, come, come and travel the country with me. You can, you can open my talks. You can have the first five minutes of the talks and I'll mentor you on the road. And there was something in, in um, and I know what it is now. And I, and I reflected back on, it, and it was, I couldn't, I couldn't leave the sacraments. Mm. Um, I couldn't leave the Eucharist um, because I was so rooted in the Eucharist. Um, and that's what I believe that's what was like the anchor and right. in my, in my faith in me, in me staying um, in the Catholic church. So what I did was, uh, yeah, what I did was say, and I came to Benedict and I was actually contemplating not coming. And I came and started studying theology. The Lord called me started to start studying him and yeah. And now, and now I'm here. I've been, I've been here two years. This is my, um, this is my fourth college. Uh, but yeah, so it went, it went NIU. Then it went community college back home. I committed to wrestle at Grandview university, showed up mm. one practice. I'm like, uh-uh, not for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then I left and I came here. Wow. So, and so now you're technically in your junior year, junior year right now, yeah. right? Well, yeah. Finishing up going to be, going to be senior. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. great. Which is great. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah, no, I love the obviously Augustine-ish aspects of your story. Yeah. You know, I definitely know that we related on that big time. And I think it's something that people need to hear because there's so many things that people can relate to in that, you mm-hmm. know, diving mm-hmm. headfirst into the party scene. And I think there's a lot more of us out there who have either been or are currently in that, you know, take me Lord, but not yet kind of phase, yes. you know, and yes. I remember being there and how many people, you know, <clears throat> don't ask these questions or even when you're like your stage of kind of questioning Catholicism. Like I remember going through that in college mm-hmm. as well. Uh, you know, I was going to non-denominational parish or churches and uh, really like listening to them, reading their books, like all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. And there is mm-hmm. so much that we can learn yeah. from the way that they operate, the way that they love, mm-hmm. the way that they really come to know mm-hmm. the person of Jesus Christ is really powerful. And so I had a, a lot and, and oh, a lot of my story and my journey and my progress to a lot of non-denom <laughs> pastors and things like that. Now I came to know when I kind of stopped, it really wasn't until about two or three years ago that I really kind of detached from a lot of the Protestant influences in my life. There's yeah. still some, yeah. but um, I detached from like listening to Stephen Furtick like every weekend. Yes. Right. Mainly because I kind of thought that, uh, which is kind of ironic because we're recording this on the day our pro-life podcast came out today. One of our pro-life podcasts came out today, but there was never anything like of substance. Right. Uh, now, some of them do. But a lot of the really, really big ones, I'm like, the reason why they get so big is that they never piss anybody off. You know, it's like, I see this a lot on like Instagram too. You know, I'm like, 
I see these other accounts who just like blow up super fast. And I'm just like, I, I lose <laughs> if every one, two followers I gain, I lose one. Right. And so it's like, yes. it's really hard because I'm talking about those hard issues. Yes. Right. And talking yes. about these difficult topics. And I think the same way goes with the church. That's why I love Catholicism is that even when there's people within the church who are defiant, even when we have these issues or like lukewarmness and mm-hmm. um, just troublesome leadership, we always have the catechism and the actual teachings of the church. Yes. Yeah, yes. the magisterium it's is so there. solid. It's so solid. And yeah. people are like tradition. Oh, like I'm, I'm restricted by this. It's actually, right. it's actually, no, I have a, we're giving you a safe ocean to swim in. Exactly. A safe ocean to swim in. If you look at it, it's a vast ocean. Yeah. Um, and that's where pro- the Protestant pastors, that's where they fall into That's where they, because they, because they don't have the, the tradition, they, a lot of the pastors fall into heresy because they don't have these, these, these traditions and, and these yeah. walls up. Um, to protect them from falling into heresy. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, which is just crazy. And I'm so fortunate that I get to be, you know, I saw it as, as a, a restrictive aspect at, at first, but now I see it as like this vast ocean that I get to just swim in and operate in. Right. Absolutely. And it is so nice I mean, to have that, to have the kind of guardrails and stuff, because I think people really underestimate how much responsibility is on you when you start to yeah. speak, lead, when you call yourself a pastor, yeah. when you're leading a flock, right? Like, when, when you do that and you take it half-heartedly or you're only thinking about gaining popularity or making money, it's a dangerous game. You know, it's really dangerous for your soul. Yeah. And I think that's what is really sad for so many people out there right yeah. now. And we see this even with Catholic priests, mm-hmm. you know, who are shooting for celebrity status that don't preach on the real issues or, or pre- preach things that are questionable or create a lot of confusion and division yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, it's a risky and dangerous game to get yeah. into for sure. Pope, Pope Bennett the, the 16th, he said, he said in his encyclical on the new evangelization, he said, he said this, the, the way that you were able to tell that the spirit of the Antichrist is active and moving is if people are actually coming and speaking in their own name, um, coming mm-hmm. and speaking in their own name and in the self-promotion, uh, like you were kind of talking about, yeah. somebody coming in their own name is, is a sign of the spirit of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody coming and, and, and pushing their own agenda. Um, and like, like you said, the truth, the truth uh, it, it disperses. Right. It brings you to a point. I'd be like, yes, I, I accept this or I'm, I'm going away from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's, that's super good. Absolutely. And so tell me more. I want to hear more about your journey from, you know, coming to Benedictine. Like, mm-hmm. what's it been like since? Like, how mm-hmm. did you kind of, once you kind of like settled on like Catholicism's it? I think, you know, obviously we're Seeking Excellence podcast. We talk a lot about excellence. I think mm-hmm. there's not a good idea out there about what spiritual excellence looks like. Mm-hmm. So how did you go from this kind of like questioning phase all the way from partying you know, being really kind of far away mm-hmm. to where you're at now. Like, what was that growth and like the gradual inclination like? Yeah, a lot of people, um, you know, you don't need to have this St. Paul conversion story. Right. Um, like that's not necessary to live the Christian life in the way that, in the way that's like radical. And it's and rare. It, it is rare. Like extremely rare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's what everybody wants. It's what it's, it's what it's everybody wants, and it's yeah. very attractive to people to see these because I can relate to, it's like to your brokenness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so when I got here, um, when I got here, I had been I had been running for about six years from the Lord, um, and I knew that He had a calling on my life, and I knew that He wanted more from me. Um, and so what I did was was when I when I when I knew when I made the decision to say yes, mm-hmm. it was it was all in. Like I, I just knew. Um, because he had been pers- he had been pursuing me in such a way, I'm like, I'm so broken, I'm so tired, I'm so tattered. Like, why am I? Why am I choosing right. to live this life? Why am Absolutely. I trying? Yeah, why am I trying to to create my own happiness, my and through my own accolades and through my own accomplishments? Um, mm-hmm. 
and I thought I could do it. And so I was so broken, so tired. And I literally tried to fill, I tried to fill myself with every single thing that I could. Right. Um, like I got, I got three tattoos thinking that, thinking that I would get disqualified uh, from the Lord pursuing me because I was, I was 19 years old. Really? I'm like, Lord, whatever, like whatever, like I'm not worthy to be pursued by you. That's so wild. And he's like, no. <laughs> that's not the that, that's not the case that's not the case so i got here good effort yeah good good <laughs> right. try good. he was laughing he was so patient with me he was that's so, so patient so i got here and things started things started happening um when i said yes uh started in like we have we have to have an interior life um your ministry sure. your ministry is operating out of an interior life and your in your 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 life of prayer it should be soaked if you're going to talk it should be soaked with, with, with prayer and an interior life that is, that is flourishing because all of your ministry is going to come out of the interior life that, right. that you're establishing. And so it was, it was going, I'm like, what the heck's a holy hour in like, what's a rosary? Like not what's a road, like, how do you say a rosary? Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I started to get into these, these things. And I, and I think the thing with, with me was that I wasn't afraid to fail. Mm. I wasn't afraid to fall on my face. Um, and I knew that it was actually necessary for my growth. Right. I think, and, and I think that can come somewhat nat- more naturally to athletes, mm-hmm. you know, is when you're mm-hmm. pursuing an athletic career and even just like you, I know you exercise and stuff now, like as we like work out, you try to like lift new weights and you can't, right? Like everything mm-hmm. that you do, mm-hmm. if you're going to actually like get stronger, you have to be willing to go to failure. Yeah. Right. Like to muscle yeah. failure, like that's yeah. why we should work out together because you can right. actually go to that and right. not hurt yourself. Right. <laughs> go to muscle failure. Exactly. And that's how you get really strong. And that's mm-hmm. why I mean, I learned that on deployment of like when I was getting really big, when I was getting really yoked, <laughs> it's like, you have to go to failure, bro. And you right. need somebody to help you to do that. Wow. You know, and that's a real great testament to so many things in the spiritual life, but especially that we can't do it alone. And then we have to be willing to fail. Exactly. If you're going to actually get stronger. And right. there's so much perfectionism that has just like seeped into the church. And I think people's journey mm-hmm. with like wanting that St. Paul lottery mm-hmm. moment of mm-hmm. I went from broke to really, really rich all in, you know, one moment. And it's just, it typically doesn't work that way. It's the same way with like diet fads and all those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like we always want shortcuts mm-hmm. and there is no shortcut and there's no way to do it without failure and difficulty. Right. But it's worth it. It It, it is worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. And people think that it's going to be this. The one thing, the one thing that I think was, was very interesting coming, um, you know, we see this watered down gospel nowadays, right? We see yeah. this, this like watered down gospel, like all, all butterflies and roses and, <laughs> and the Christian life. Actually, no, St. Paul said that if you wish to live a godly life, you will be persecuted, right? You will be persecuted. And the fruit of living a godly life will be persecution. Yeah. It, like, that's it. I mean, scripture says it. The highest, <laughs> the highest encyclical, the, the highest form of literature that we have in the church mm-hmm. says that you will be persecuted for his name's sake. And what makes you think that, like, and for, for me is a mass or a slave is no greater than his master. And so acknowledging these things, I'm like, I want the truth. I was, I was desperately searching for the truth and, and what, what I had through my baptism and confirmation, like, what did I actually receive? Mm-hmm. That was something that I started searching for. I came to Benedictine and I'm like, okay, well, the scriptures say all of these things, the church, the church encyclicals say these things, tradition says these things. What? Am I like, am I missing something? Like, am I missing something? Why why aren't we living things out? Why aren't we living things out? Right. You know? Yeah. And um, so I started asking questions. I'm like, like, well, one, do, do signs and wonders still happen today in in today's Mm -hmm. church? Do, do miracles still happen? Right. And I found out, yeah, no, no, they they do. And it was actually, it was actually a heresy condemned by the church. It was called cessationism. Um, that, that, that the, 
the last miracle happened at the last apostle. And it's actually a condemned hit. And speaking of St. Augustine, St. Augustine denied this for, for a long time in his own parish until one day there was this little girl, I think it was a little girl, mm. and she was raised from the dead um, in, his, in his parish. Really? And he's like, okay, like, I can't I, deny this I've anymore. I've been wrong. Yeah. Been, I, I changed my mind on this. Like, this is, and what Vatican once said about this too was like, if anybody does not believe in signs and wonders and miracles, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front mm -hmm. of me. But if anybody does not believe in signs and wonders and miracles, let them be anathema. Like, let them be anathema. If, these, if they believe that these things are not taking place in today's day and age, let them be anathema. Let them be no more. Let them be excommunicated. Really? Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, and it was it's like, I'm like, whoa. Like, okay, Lord. And he put this on my heart because I told you that I wanted to fight this battle. I wanted to right. be with people in the most vulnerable situations. Yep. And he's like, Grayson, and when he spoke to my heart, he's like, Grayson, this war that you want to fight and this battle that you're yearning to fight, I'm actually going to put you in a battle that's, that's more real than the one against flesh and blood. It's against principalities. It's against mm -hmm. darkness. It's against, it's against all of the things that are, that are trying to take over and rule society and, po and politics and, and all these things, that, the darkness that's driving this. Right. He's actually like, I'm going to have you go in and fight the, the real battle because that's the real battle. And St. Paul says in Ephesians 6 that it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities. Right. And so he's like, I'm going to have you fight this battle. I'm like, sweet. Yes. Yes, God. Like, let's do it. And so what happened was then um, I had this extreme desire to be with people in their most vulnerable situations and just walk with them in healing. I desired healing to, and freedom for people. Mm -hmm. That's what I desired. And like, yeah, so going, I guess going forward, he's like, Grayson, and a lot of the listeners maybe, maybe have may not heard this before, but, um, but like the charismatic dimension of the church, St. Paul says that it's or not St. Paul, St. John Paul the Great said that it's actually co-essential. The institutional uh, dimension of the church and the charismatic dimensional dim dimension is, is co-essential to the life of the church. Um, and so I'm just like going in, researching these things, coming, and obviously like, no, I'm no, I'm like no expert and I'm not a doctorate in these things, but I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to do these things unless I see the fruit of it. Mm -hmm. And so I started operating in these things. Um, He's like, Grayson, you're going to reach out your hands and you're going to speak in my name and your hands are going to become sacraments of my hands and you're not going to heal, but I'm going to, I'm going to operate through you and co-labor with you in the work of salvation and people are going to be made well. People are going to be set free. Yep. And I started seeing things happening and I'm like, I can't, I guess you, after you see these things, you just can't go back. Right. Um, and, and every single Every single healing that I've seen, every single deliverance that I've seen, every single um, liberation that I've seen has ultimately pointed me towards the Eucharist and towards the sacraments and has made the sacraments and the Eucharist, Eucharist come alive. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we can talk too about the younger generation and, and, and right, yeah, we were talking about this the other day, right? Yeah. Um, he wants to co-labor with us. Right. Our faith isn't dormant. It's active. Mm -hmm. Faith is an act. It's not, it's not passive. It's not sitting on the couch um, and being passive and letting, you know, Lord, Lord, if you would just come to me, um, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's actively yeah. pursuing. Um, and like, yeah, chapel is good, but if we, we can't evangelize, yeah. Like St. Teresa of Lisieux is called to go and be a missionary in the cloister, but you can't stay in the chapel and evangelize the world. Right. Mm -hmm you got, we got to get out. We got to, and we got to go. Right. Um, and especially in today in the calling for the new evangelization. Um, this is, I just took this very, I just took this very 
right to the heart and just let this let this run my life yeah. um and it was a, it was a yes it was a yes to to everything that that the church taught through tradition to scripture through magisterium through all the church fathers like this is this is licit um yeah yeah that's awesome man. <laughs> i appreciate you sharing all that man yeah. there's so much there uh to go to but I think, you know, I love what you talk about. Just like, is there signs and wonders of this time? And I think one of the hidden ways I love, I love trying to like strategic thinking and just kind of thinking of like the underlying ways or good analogies or, mm-hmm. or just kind of ways and examples that these things are kind of being, have been infiltrated into our, the church world. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think obviously like secular society just no longer thinks that there's miracles, thinks everything's a coincidence. Right. Everything happens for reasons, right. Astrology and all this mm-hmm. stuff is whatever your uh, horoscope says for the days what's going down. Right. <laughs> and so that's like what most people think. And so how does that infiltrate the church? Well, I think it's, it's, it's mind blowing to me how similarly the church struggles with anxiety, worry, and fear of the future as the rest of the world. Like yeah. it doesn't add oh, up. It's, it's right? all like, over. Talk about like lacking trust and lacking faith in the future. You know, mm-hmm. I know some very, very faithful Catholics who are constantly worried about right. everything possible. Right. And it's like that, like, there's no sainthood in that. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's nothing saintly or, or holy about constantly worrying about all these different no. things, right? And just questioning and doubt and just fear for the future. It's like, that is, like, the Lord definitely wants to heal that. Yeah. Right? And, like, and, and we've, we've grown complacent. I think we've... Exactly, people buy exactly. the lie of that's just how I am. Exactly. This is, this is how my father was. And so this is how I'm yeah. going to be. This is how my mother was and their father and their, and their parents five generations before me and, and, yep. and nothing's changed. So I'm going to, I'm going to accept this and actually claim this, this fallenness. Yep. And it's like, no, 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 no. It can stop right now. <laughs> yes. Open your eyes. The, the, the enemy is the, the, yeah, the enemy is pampering us and putting us to sleep. And, and the, the greatest, Oh, the, what breaks my heart is just the, I'd rather have somebody be cold than lukewarm. Right. Yeah. Right. And just like this Absolutely. indifference, this indifference, this numbness to like, yeah, like I'm good. You're good. Um, yeah. Like it's I'm good. Of, yeah. It's like when you talk about sprinting into the party scene and stuff, like I had that same experience. And that's why I tell people all the time, like, if you're not going to do it, then don't do it. Right. Don't go to church twice a month. Just right. stop. Yeah. You know, cause at least when you get cold, you get uncomfortable eventually. Right. And you're like, really, you're really set in it. But when you stay lukewarm, you can mm-hmm. be comfortable enough with mm-hmm. that. You know, you get in like a bathtub or you get into the pool and it's like, it's not warm. It's not cold. It's like, yeah, this is decent. You know? Right. Like yeah, you, you can get stay used in it. And you don't want that. You no. know, my favorite grace of doll sake. I quote you all the time. <laughs> you know what it is no what is it the devil owns the fence oh bless the lord yes. <laughs> the devil yes. owns the fence bro. and i yes explain that yeah so like <laughs> you can't if you're sitting on the fence if you're sitting on the fence of either like i have one in one foot in the world and one foot pursuing the father um like we we, we look at this double life that that people live if you're not if you're not for him you're against him if you're not all in you're all out and so this fence is like, people sit on the fence. They're like, some days, some days, like I choose this and some days like this is comfortable. Um, it's, it's an everyday decision where you wake up. And I think that's, I think that's what, um, what he's called me to do is, is knock people off the fence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like come by like, Legit. okay. <laughs> yeah. Literally like, just yeah. Like, like, yeah. okay. Like, what do you decide? Do you decide to sit on the fence? You can't sit in the middle anymore. And especially today's in today's day and age where we have this, it's no longer a Christendom society anymore. Right. It's no longer a Christian narrative. Our laws are not made up of, of Christian morality yeah. anymore. And, and what we're seeing is it's, we're in an apostolic age. Yeah. We're in an apostolic age. I just got age. that book. 
did you get it? I, yeah. I just ordered six of those dang things. I just Is started, I just started, yeah, I just started, <laughs> I have it right there. I just started handing them out on campus. Like, I just got like, it. Hey, li- like, look at this. Last Thursday. That's did so really? funny. Yeah, I swear. That's hilarious. It's so good. Yeah. What's the title of it? Do you know? Um, It's uh from Christendom to apostolic age. Okay. Yeah. Or it's from Christian, yeah, from Christendom to Apostolic Mission, I think it not yeah. age. Yeah. We'll link it in the in the yeah. show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the, the fence, the, the enemy, enemy owns the fence. Yeah. You can't be indif- like you can't be indifferent. You can't be lukewarm. You know yeah. what he's I mean, you know, everybody knows what he says about those who are lukewarm. And Revelation mm-hmm. he says, spit, I spit out the yep. lukewarm. I spit them out. I'd rather have something that's cold. Yeah. And 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 those are the I've walked with with men that that have been living these these lives and and they're 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 searching for they're searching for truth and they're striving they're scratching but when they when they come across it and you redirect these these ways and like the people in the party scene striving after these um these different idols like we're like we're a worshiping people mm-hmm. we're a worshiping people and so when you direct this worship towards the one and you're like you don't smash the you don't smash the the zeal you don't smash the passion but you redirect it mm-hmm. towards the father um and that's something that that would happen with me it wasn't like I was just redirected. Yeah. And I was, just, I was just, yeah, yeah, I was, I was very zealous. I was very, and like, I wouldn't preach. And, that, and, right that, and that's the thing. And that's the thing too, is like, and I think the reason people listen is people listen more so. And I it was Paul the six that said this. He said, he said, people listen more so to a witness than they do a teacher. Mm-hmm. And they will, they will listen more so to a witness. That's a teacher. Um, people are no longer going to listen to just teachers, but people right. who are actually living this out. Like we don't need any, we don't need any more Christians. <laughs> we don't need any, we don't need any more people saying one thing and doing another. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reason people are leaving the church. Right. And that's why, that's why we're seeing a rapid decline in the, in the younger generation leaving, leaving the church is because they see, they see, and we were talking about like the fatherly role, like the, the priest yeah. of the domestic church um, the other day at the table. If I see my father doing one thing, well, more than likely the son's going to do it because there's a sacramentality. Like we were talking about, there's a sacramentality to the fatherly role in the house. Right. Like I do what I hear. I do what I see my father doing. And whatever my father speaks, I'm going to speak to you because I speak what I hear my father saying. Yep. It's wild. And I think you were at my masculinity talk. I think, yeah, I right? was. Yeah, I and was. And so I shared that statistic in there. Uh, like the, I think it's Pew Research did the survey years ago about uh, the likelihood that the kid will stay in the faith, right? right? That your children will stay in the faith. And they did it based on if both parents go to church all the time, if just mom goes all the time, if just dad goes all the time, if dad goes sometimes, whatever. And the children are more likely to go to church growing up if dad goes sometimes than if mom goes all the time. Mm-hmm. But if dad goes all the time, every Sunday, it, the kids are more likely to go to church when they grow up than if both parents go all the time. Exactly. It was like unbelievable. Like there was, there was nothing that was ever more oh like, gosh, you know, statistically absurd. powerful yeah. In reg- that that really displayed the influence of the father in the right. home, and right. so it's so important. I tell women all the time that when you pick your husband, you're also picking the ch- the father of your children. Yeah, you know, and, and just men to wake up and realize how important your role is. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about the importance of the woman's role, you yeah. know, and this yeah. and supporting that and challenging the man, and you know what I mean, and having him be able to raise up to her level in a lot of circumstances. But yeah, you can't you can't overstate just how important it is. Right, and I mean, we're we're touched on so many different. So, sure. so many different topics right. like we, but but yeah this this fatherly role like you said i mean this needs to be emphasized this yeah. needs to be emphasized and i believe Constantly. that i believe that there's there's a revival coming in in young men that right. first know that they're sons 
you have to be a, you have to know first that your son before your father. Yep. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting how much, you know, you talk, talking about the principalities and just the evil forces mm-hmm. in the world, you really see all of these good things and all the things that are so pivotal to the church being either directly or indirectly attacked, mm-hmm. right? They're not attacking when you think of like, you know, a lot of Marxists and, and some of the, like the super progressivist things happening in the world today, it's not a direct attack on the church and fathers in the church. No, they're just attacking the nuclear family in general. Cause exactly, they're like, we don't yeah. need to attack the church. Let's mm-hmm. just destroy the nuclear mm-hmm. family and the church mm-hmm. will destroy itself. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. if we can get the church to buy into this stuff, you know what I mean? Certain gender ideologies, mm-hmm. uh, just the popularization of divorce, like the redefining of marriage. If we can change all that stuff, we don't even need to worry about religious liberties. We don't have to sweat that. No. Because they're going to just shrink. Exactly. And disappear. Exactly. It's been a very, and like this stuff isn't new. People are like, right. yeah. this stuff's been happening for the last 2000 years. And we would, think, you know, we, mm-hmm. you would think we would catch on to what, what the enemy is doing, right. but he's very subtle. He's very subtle. That, that. The enemy, the enemy works in a very, very subtle way. Mm-hmm. And the, the one, the, the demon that you need to fear the most is the one that you can't see. Yep. And the one that works under your nose for 10 years and just slides these things in and you slowly give consent over the 10 years. I mean, that's what's, I mean, you wake up 10 years later and you're, and you're divorced. Well, why are you divorced? Because he was working on you for 10, I mean, he has all the time in the world. Yeah. He so has all gradual. the time, just a slow, like just pampering yeah. until 10 years later, you realize, your, your, your husband's having an affair. Well, how did, how did that even happen? Like, well, how did we get to this point? Right. It was these slow, these slow yeses and acts of the will that is saying like, yes, I give, I give consent to this in this area of my life. And it slowly goes downhill. Yes. He has time. He's patient. Absolutely. We just shared that on a recent podcast. I think it was my friend, Bob Doherty, that shared a passage from the screw tape letters. Yeah where he says that he's like, you know, all these young tempters with the, you know, the senior tempter that works for the devil is talking to a junior tempter. And he's like, all you young tempters always want to get the big sins, right? You always want the Adolf Hitlers and like these huge sinners. And he's like, don't you know that, that so many of them end up being lost because they have big conversions. He's mm-hmm. like, what you really want to do is focus on these small sins that just compound over time, yeah. you know, and just consistently mm-hmm. slowly drift away from, from God. Right? right. And people don't recognize that, but I want to talk more about your growth and like being yeah. bold in your faith. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> because I want to get to the healing stuff yeah. and talk about some of those stories and yeah. the charismatic experience mm-hmm. you've had. Mm-hmm. But before that, I think you, every, before every, you know, healing, praying over somebody experience you have now, there's a moment of boldness, right? Oh, Where you're just gosh. willing to like bring up your faith yeah. on airplanes or, you know, mm-hmm. on campus, wherever. And so how did that kind of grow? Mm-hmm. And talk to me about the, the mm-hmm. weird phase of that being willing to fail. <laughs> how we grew well, to yeah. be. <laughs> It, it's taxable. Yes. It, our <laughs> it, uh, I'm going to start because it, because it started, it didn't start at my reversion, but it started throughout my childhood. Really? Yeah. It started in my childhood. My parents, my parents were very, very, very loving parents. And what they would do was like, I had very strict rules in the house, but we had woods and lakes all around us. And so my parents were like, go. Right. go like go do whatever you want like this Get is like this is a canvas to just like and my imagination would just explode like it would just explode and i would go out and it was like one tree fort after another going off like jumping off cliffs like like i'd be the first one to go jump off of a cliff like go cut go go climb the tree and go jump off of it like it was this it was this childlike imagination it was this childlike i knew who i was and i knew that like i had experienced these things and i think that's what what is deficient in nowadays like the right. children aren't, aren't experiencing these things of like this imagination and this boldness. 
um, as, as, as a, as a kid, like it was encouraged as, as a young boy to go out and to just be a boy. Yeah. And so I got to be, I I got to be a boy and I was doing like, you know, we were, we're very active family. I I was kind of crazy. Um, (laughs) I loved, I loved big explosions. Um, like, you know, we were just doing stupid stuff. It was like child boy, like boy things. And, um, but then it carried over. What I realized is that I carried over into my spiritual life. Um, and so it wasn't just like a one, like a one-time thing, like, boom, it like, I'm all of a sudden bold or I'm all of a sudden zealous. But like I was telling you, it was like, it was redirected. Right. And this fight that I had was redirected. And so like, yeah, going up and talking to somebody about it, if, if I, and so what, what, what I, the first question that I asked myself was in, in approaching people, because I approach a lot of people, <laughs> right. I approach a lot of people. And when I first started praying with people, I did, I did like start exercising my boldness in like a muscle. Like you just gotta, you gotta exercise it and you gotta step out. Yep. You have to step out. Once you get skin in the game, get those reps. Yeah. You gotta get those dang reps and you gotta go. And, um, and so I was like, I'd pray with like five people a day and I would come back. I'd be tired. I'd be so tired, but I'm like, and I, and I went and prayed with them and I was seeing things happen, but it was most, mostly to like, and just increase my boldness and my zeal. Like I had to, I had to push myself and get over myself. Mm-hmm. Like I had to get over myself. And I had to like, you're going to look like a fool. If you're going to participate right. in, in, in any of this ministry, like you're going to, you're yeah. going to experience rejection and be okay experiencing rejection. Um, and so, yeah, that, that started. And honestly, it was just doing it. That first step, that first step of seeing somebody. And first and foremost, knowing I had to know who I was before I, before I talked to them. Mm-hmm. If I know who I am and I know what my father says about me, I don't care what you say about me. Right. right. Yeah. Like my father says that I'm good. He says that I'm, he says that I'm, I'm beloved. And he says that I'm chosen, like all of these different truths about me. Like I know these things. And so it gives me the freedom and capacity to go up and talk to somebody and have you not, um, have it not hurt me. I mean, sometimes it does. I mean, I've gotten spat on and, and, and really? screamed wow. out and death threats. Oh my gosh. All the, all the time, all <laughs> really? the time. Yes, 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 yes. But, um, but what it is, it's, it's, it's a lot of little, like it's not these huge actions. It's these little, it's these little yeses in the day. Like when I go, when I go through, just for example, I think I need to tell a story. Um, when I was going, when I go to gas stations, I always, every single time I'll go up to the, to the cash register and I'll look at the person. And if they don't have a name tag on, I'll ask them their name. And if they do have a name tag on, I will, I will, I will call them by their name because the father calls them by their name. Mm-hmm. And calling by their name, you see like this, they, they light up, they light up. And so it's these little, like, I'm going to call you by your name and I'm going to see you because everybody else that has come through here, I was just walked by you. And so I'm going to see you. And so one time I was walking, I was walking into a gas station and, um, the Lord works in so many different ways, but I walked and I, and I looked to my right and there was this girl named Christy and the root word of her name, the root uh, of her name is Christ. And I'm like, it just highlighted, I don't know why it did. I'm like, I gotta go talk to her. So I just like went to the bathroom. I came back out. I'm like, all, all nervous. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and so I go, I'm like, and just very normal, like a very human. The Lord, he, he was so human. Like he communed in such a human way. Right. And so I go up and I, and I, I'm not weird. Like that's the number one thing is like, don't be weird. Like, don't be weird. Be normal. Have it, have any, have any, uh, a human encounter with this, with this woman. So I'm like, Hey, Christy, like, how's it going? Uh, my name is Grayson. And she's like, hi, how's it going? I'm like, how are you doing? Just a simple, how are you doing? And she exploded. And she was like, 
I'm terrible. I've been to the, I've been to the ER the last three nights because um, my back pain and they can't figure it out. And as she's bending down, picking up these pops and putting them into the fridge. Mm. So she's just an excruciating back pain. And I'm like, whoa, like, Christy, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, that's terrible. I said, Christy, so I'm a, I'm a Christian. And I believe that, that when we pray in our father's name and Jesus's name, things happen. Um, and sometimes he, he allows a healing to happen. Um, and a physical manifestation of his healing power. And he allows that sometimes. I'm like, do you care if like, do you care if we pray? And she's like, no, like, yeah, I'm a Christian too. Let's pray. And so we start praying. And I asked her, I interview her. I'm like, Christy, what like what's your pain scale? And I'm from right on a 10-point pain scale. What is it? And she's like, um, she's like, it's a nine. That's pretty high. It was super high and you could tell she was miserable. Yeah. She was going through she it. She was miserable. And so we start praying and you know, I'm like, Hey, Chrissy, can I place a hand upon you? And as just a sign of prayer. And she's like, yeah. And so we start praying. I'm just like, in Jesus name, I speak directly to the back pain and not in my name, but in Jesus name, I'm like, in Jesus name, all back pain be cast to the foot of the cross. I speak to all of the ligaments around the back, any inflammation, any swelling, any agitation. I speak to all the nerves and just being very specific mm -hmm. because if you raise high the name of Jesus, everything else under it has to bow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, in Jesus name, full healing. And, and she looks at me and she, I mean, she just bursts out in, in tears. I'm like, Chrissy, like what's going on? And she's like, I wasn't able to, I was barely able to bend down uh, before this prayer. And I was experiencing excruciating back pain before this. And she's like, I've never experienced anything like this. I had heat come up my back. Mm -hmm. And she was, she was telling me about the heat that came up her back. And then she felt the pain just decrease at the, at the name of Jesus. And she's like, Grayson, I have, I have zero back pain. I'm like, what? Like, you know, it's kind of new to this. I'm like, I'm shocked too. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, so what did funny. you just do? And, um, and so she, I mean, you know, I'm like, praise God. Yes. Because it wasn't me. Right. It wasn't me. It was him. So funny. And, um, <laughs> and so I walk out and just that, like this, that encounter and that's happened. I would say there's been over a hundred healings in just this last year. And, and that's going through just gas stations. And that's like, it's, and it's being open to what he wants to do. Right. Um, and so, and I've, I've radically grown. I've fallen on my face many, many times um, sure. in this, but it's just constant, like getting back up. And recognizing how worth it is yeah. for Christy, all the times you went through before that, where mm -hmm. you got spat on or people cussed you out or you were just weird. Yeah. Right. And people yeah. think negative things about you, like mm -hmm. to see that moment of her, mm -hmm. you know, like it got you there, Yeah, you know, and it is that climb up. You know, and Jesus is constantly calling us to climb up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall. Yeah. You're going to get hurt a little bit. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Climb up. I need you up here. Yeah. You know, I, need you I, need, to, I need you to work with mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. You know, and he wants to, he wants, he's calling us just to co-labor with him. Um, now explain a little bit about the charismatic gifts and especially healing and all mm -hmm, that, how that mm -hmm. works. Like, do you think, do you think that anybody mm -hmm. can get to that point? Like that could happen. Like anybody could do that. Or do yeah, you yeah, think yeah. there's specific gifts for specific people and, and all of that? Yeah. So what the, what the Lord does is, is everybody, everybody has the capacity to pray for healing. Mm -hmm. Everybody has the capacity and the authority to cast out demons, mm -hmm. right? We, we have these, we have this authority because everything that was given to the son has been given to us through baptism, through baptism. Mm -hmm. So it's our baptismal authority that we have. And so you have the capacity to exercise these gifts. Now, 
what he does is so we all have we all have the gift like so we have all the gifts but some of us have a stronger anointing and in some of them because of the ministry that he's calling us into right and so whether or not you you know like if, if i have the spiritual gift of healing well people come up to me they're like grayson how do i know if i have the spiritual gift of healing well have you have you prayed over anybody yet and they're like no well i said okay well let's um let's test it out and so we'll go test it out be like we'll go pray for healing and i know people that have prayed for healing over like 900 times haven't seen any healing and then i'd like the 901 time healing just start breaking out because they just had this call on their life they really? just felt yes yes and it was like this persistence and this perseverance um and it never worked and it finally, and it, never, and it finally works like it really and it's yeah it's not like a it's not a magic trick either it's it's different with everybody sure and so we all have the capacity to pray for healing we all have the capacity to cast out demons but is he is he asking you to operate in this gift very heavily because what he's asked me to do and because i've seen so many healings that's that's the ministry that i'm, that I'm called into because it's like look at the signs of the times Mm -hmm. like what's happening when you pray with people are, are people being healed sweet if people are being healed then more than likely you have the spiritual gift of healing and the the, the thing with the the gifts of the holy spirit is that they're not a mark of holiness and saint paul goes in and corrects the corinthians on using the spiritual gifts look at first corinthians 12 13 and 14 mm -hmm. and he's literally he goes in in the greatest spiritual gift if you operate out of these gifts and you do not have love it means nothing Mm -hmm. people you're right there's the, there's a pastor like lord lord we cast out demons in your name we healed in your name right we did all and these he, things yes and he's like i do I not know, know you, you. i yeah. do not know you well, why did he not know because because you did not love him and you did not do it out of love you did it for your own self gain and your own self-promotion right right and so that and that's the thing that we run into nowadays right is we see so much self-promotion we see we see so many people that have they have been they have been hurt by by charismatic people operating in these gifts and and not having any pastoral care behind it mm -hmm. and like this this isn't this isn't new like it happened it happened in when saint paul was with the corinthians right like he had to correct them too and so what we see is in saint paul he goes in and he talks about the the body and how that like the foot the foot like the body has to have the foot right i have to have the hand the foot needs the hand yes yeah. right and so it's like all of these gifts they build off of each other and they're not mm -hmm. for the, the one thing with like healing and in casting, like those are the major, like those are more major spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. um, but we have the, we have these, we have these smaller ones too. And if I have, um, I have first Corinthians 12 in front of me and, and what it says is now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, then healers, helpers, administrators, speakers, and various kinds of tongues. And he, he goes back and he's like, he's like, all are necessary for the body. Mm -hmm. Healers, preachers, those who cast out demons, like the, the deliverance, the like deliverance ministry, these are all necessary for the church. And the charismatic gifts are, are supposed to lead us to the sacraments. If, if these gifts are not leading you to the sacraments, you need to reevaluate. Right. You need to reevaluate because a lot of people abuse them right? Mm -hmm. But I have seen so many people operating in their gifts, um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it has brought in like conversions that were supposed to take three years took three minutes. Because what, what we see in the healings is that, like, why does Jesus heal? Well, it's his very identity to heal. 
when, when he brought pe the people through the Red Sea, right? When he, when they got, when they got over the, when, when Moses parted the sea and he got on the other side, he's like, I am, the Lord spoke to Moses, he said, I'm your God, your healer, God, Rofeha, the God, your healer. Mm -hmm. And then we, we see him, we see him in the, in the New Testament, like what happens in the New Testament, like all these, he, all these healings, but it points right. to who he is and what's to come. Yeah. Like his very identity is healer and his, and, and, and what's to come is this, is this reality and what we're supposed to do while we're here, like as it is in heaven, like on earth, as it is in heaven, we're supposed to pull down with faith, the kingdom in this and live in this reality of like this already, but not yet. Like we live in this already, but not yet. Like if everybody, if everybody was healed, if I went and prayed over somebody and everybody was healed, we'd be in, like, we'd be in heaven. Cause when we, when right. we walk into the kingdom, everybody's going to be healed. Right. Yep. And so even my Achilles. Yeah, you're dang like your Achilles. I didn't see any. I didn't see any healing in your Achilles. Right. You know, and and that's like, well, you're like, well, why isn't everybody healed? And that's the major question people ask is like, why why isn't everybody healed? Well, it's actually God never says no. He says either he's either I have something better or not yet. Right. It's it's always it's always right now or not yet, because you will be healed someday. It is His will to heal you. Right. Absolutely. And we are on a journey towards healing, and we need we need to recognize that and not grow complacent in our own healing. Um, and so healing is an essential part of the, of the church's life today, um, especially today. And it's just, and it's not just physical healing, inner healing, spiritual healing, um, all of these different sorts of healing. There's so many different kinds, um, but not being afraid to operate in one's anointing in these gifts and not being afraid of the charismatic gifts. Um, yeah. And just knowing that they exist. Exactly. You know, but exactly. especially knowing that this healing exists, you know, going all the way back to what we talked to earlier with like anxiety and people mm -hmm. just kind of being like, this is the way that I am. Mm -hmm. I think there is like, it's just, just this neglect that like God can heal you of mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, like God can transform you. And I think going even further back to what we talked about with a lot of Protestants um, and these non-denominational evangelical churches. And we often hear this with the, you know, some progressivist Catholics, progressive Catholics is this idea that, you know, God says, come as you are. And they kind of leave it there, you know, yeah. but he doesn't, he never says stay as you are. Mm -hmm. Right. He's mm -hmm. like, he's like, he's down. Mm -hmm. He's like, you can come on in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like have a seat at the table, but like, I have some, some rules that you have to live by. Right. Exactly. There's some things you should strive for. <laughs> yeah. um, and it doesn't mean that you can just stay right. exactly the way you are. And, and even better than that, it doesn't mean that you have to say that the way that you are. Right. When you talk about things like anxiety, depression, you know, some of these inner healings, just wounds that we have, right? Trauma mm -hmm. that we have from our mm -hmm. past, emotional neglect from our parents, right? Like we all are wounded in different ways. And I think that in our, a lot of times millennials, um, Gen Zers, we have this like this desire. I talked about this a lot with like the LGBT stuff that I wrote on is like, there's almost this desire to not be treated special, but also this desire to be treated special, mm -hmm. right? They like mm -hmm. exist simultaneously within people. Right. Um, and I talked about that within, you know, when the Vatican was making their statement on not blessing same-sex unions yeah. about how often you know when it comes to talking about sexual sin i said how you know a lot of times they don't want to be singled out like we like when people get upset about this they don't want same-sex issues to be singled out and talked about exclusively but then when we talk about it along with everything else it's like you're still upset right so you don't want to be treated special in the way that you don't want to be over talked mm -hmm. about but then we treat you like everybody else and talk about fornication cohabitation contraception masturbation pornography exactly. and same-sex you know sexual activity yeah then it's still like, no, we don't want to be, we want to be treated special. We don't want to be in that group. Right. You know, it's it's no, like, exactly. And that's how we are exactly. as people. I think sometimes it's like, we, we don't want to be treated special. Like nothing's wrong with me, but then also like, you can't judge me because I have depression and anxiety mm -hmm. and all these things. It's like, mm -hmm. dude, like 
not to say that there's not people with ex- like extraordinary circumstances, but everybody has a cross. Everybody has struggles yeah. that they're going through. Everybody has things mm-hmm. that they're dealing with. And the good news with that is that Jesus can heal you. He, yes. And he wants to. Yes. And it, and you know, it, was, and it, it might not be right now. Yes, exactly. But he wants to. But he wants to. And you got to recognize that and be open to that mm-hmm. and be open to say, okay, even though the Lord right now isn't going to heal my Achilles, what mm-hmm. else, what else can I, I'm still, right. that's not the only thing on the list, right? right. Like exactly. I'm not going to, just because you say no to that one, I still yes. got 10 other things I want you to yes, work on. Exactly. You know? Like heal my heart from yes. this, heal me from this addiction, heal mm. me from this desire, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? For lust or for greed or whatever it might be, exactly. right? And I think that's so, or from judging people, you know, like thinking about these other areas that I need healed in, heal my relationship with my father or my mother or my siblings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Heal me so I can forgive these people. <laughs> We don't, we, we get one no, or we get one not right now. And we're just, we run away like toddlers, right? you know, yeah, instead we, of being we, like, yeah. okay, you know, like you're the Lord of my life. Got it. You don't want to heal mm-hmm. the kids right now. I told you that that day we <laughs> prayed, when you prayed over the kids, I was like, I don't think he wants to heal it, but I mean, we'll, let's yeah. give it a shot, right? We'll ask him anyway. <laughs> yeah. We'll, the worst we'll thing you can say is it. no, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, and, and the big thing too is not, not identify it. What, what I run into with a lot of people is that they're identifying themselves in their brokenness. Yes. So they're actually like, I am depression. Like they're, right. they're, they're actually it's claiming the same thing with sexuality. Right. So right. And so we're, we're identify, uh, identifying these people in their fallenness. Like, no, 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 no. Don't stop at the fall. Like, look, look at the beginning. Like right. in the beginning, we were men and women and they were in, in perfect union with God. Right. Like that's where we identify. That's how our father sees us. You don't, you don't cling and identify yourself in, a, in an effect of original sin. Because the effects of original sin are not of our Lord. Right. right? They're, they're, they're allowed. But we don't identify ourselves in our brokenness. And, I've, and I've, I've seen so many people, when they release this identity upon themselves, of like, no, like, I renounce anxiety. But Lord, yes, I like, this is a cross that I'm bearing. But I don't identify myself in my cross. Yeah. I, I lift it up, Father. We need, to, we need to be constantly taking, taking action in asking him to take this cross, like, Lord, take it, if you will. And, and w- while I have this, like, I'll carry this as long as you want. But when you're ready, like, I'm ready to give this back to you. <laughs> yeah, very ready. Like, yeah, like very, very ready <laughs> to give eager. it back. Yeah. Yes. And, and ready for the next one, though. Yes, exactly. And recognizing that even when mm-hmm. Christy's back was healed, that she still had problems. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you still might have financial problems. You still might have mm-hmm. marital struggles. You still might have struggles with one of right. your children, right? There's so many issues. It, it, like, it doesn't end. Like you said, like we're not we're not in heaven yet. No. And there's this desire to create heaven here yeah. in all these ways that we can't, instead of tr- focusing on how we can create heaven mm-hmm. here on earth mm-hmm. through our prayer life, through this interior life that we can have that can give us a lot of the peace and joy that exists in heaven, mm-hmm. right? And yes. the fruits of the Holy Spirit that exist in heaven. Yes. But we want to do it in all the ways that we try to that we can control of controlling all the problems and all the other people mm-hmm. in our lives. And all these other things that are broken that, that we can't fix. Right. All right. And we have no control over it. instead of focusing on how can I actually create heaven here in my life. But I think it, the other thing I want to talk about there, where you just talked about that, you know, <laughs> identifying with the brokenness is I kind of think of it like versus seeing yourself as a sinner versus as a son. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, and you're both. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. it's like, which one is my primary ad- identity? Mm-hmm. You know, just like I see myself as Catholic and American, right? Like I'm both of those things, but being Catholic is much more important to me. Yes. And the fact that I'm a son is much more important to me than I'm a sinner, right? And because that's who God says that we are. And so I think it's an interesting thing because one of the most famous Pope, Pope Francis moments of all time is when he's being interviewed. And they said, who is, who is Pope Francis? Who is uh, mm. Cardinal, you know, um, I can't remember if he was a pope, the Pope at the time, but it was like very, like right after he got selected. And they're like, who is Pope Francis? And he said, I'm a sinner. 
Mm. You know, and I think that that's a very so many people love that, right? Because there's humility in that. And there is great humility in that. And there's this desire to relate to people who see themselves as sinners, right? And are struggling. But right. it's like, like being the son first. Exactly. You know, it's like, if you ask me who I am, and I think so many people say this, and I'm just like, I'm a black man. Yeah, you know, exactly. and like yeah. people do that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. but my race is not my primary identity. Exactly. Like, it's a part of me. It's mm-hmm. made up, you know, man made, like all in our heads part of me just based on the color of my skin, exactly. you know, just like me saying I have black hair, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of irrelevant. Um, but it's, it's crazy how much we identify with like, who am I? No, like God can't love me because I'm a sinner. Like none of that is Holy spirit led in my opinion, you know, no, and I'm not saying that Pope Francis had bad intentions when he said that. I just think that we have to be careful with how much right. we try to emulate that mentality mm-hmm. because we're calling people like sinners are miserable. Right. Yeah. And so when you're calling people and you're trying to evangelize, you're trying to be a magnet for the Holy Spirit, magnet for the kingdom, like being a son, you know, you walk around like mm-hmm. on fire. You talk about people being alive in the pews when we're sons and daughters of our heavenly father. That's when you can be mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when people are going to be drawn. You walk around moping around like, oh, I'm a sinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, exactly. I'm an unlovable, wretched sinner. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, yeah, like sometimes, like for sure. Like, yeah, that is that a reality. Existed. Yeah, that's like, don't they not? You should be walking around saying like, I am a saint. That's the other, I think there's these extremes with the Protestants, right? Mm-hmm. Is that they can go too far and just be like, I'm saved. I can do whatever. I do no wrong. Right. I'm saved. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to heaven, 100% mm-hmm. guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know, money back guarantee. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bro, it, you it, don't have your ticket. No, 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 no. Yeah. But you are baptized and yeah, saved, you, you know, and working out your salvation. Mm-hmm. exactly working out your salvation in works yes and like i don't know how much time we have left but um you were talking about the the like being alive in the pews and and, and yeah. operating in that just like a quick story it was like i was operating and um not operating i was i was sitting in the pews at mass operating during mass <laughs> i was going I, was, I mean i was sitting in mass and i was just like I was joyful because I was participating in the Paschal mysteries. And I was like, I was singing and I was, and I was, I was giving responses and I was, I was smiling and I was, I was actively participating in the mass and offering myself on the altar, like as we are to do in mass. Right. And like doing, like doing all the things that, that we're called to do in mass and like putting ourselves on the, on the altar to be sanctified and as, as with the rest of the world. And there was this boy sitting next to me. And I think I told you this. So yeah. there was this boy sitting next to me and he had his face. That's so good. He, he had it, he had his head in it in, in his um in his hands on the pew and I'm like oh like what's going on? and I was looking over and I was like paying attention I should have been paying maybe more attention to what was happening at mass but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh his I mean I look over and and his dad's doing the same thing his dad was slumped back in the pew and this this like the reality of the sacramentality of the father in the family is like I do what I see my father doing mm-hmm. and it broke my heart it broke my heart. And, and I got a word, um, a word of knowledge. Like the Lord just put it on my heart to give, I had this Holy spirit bracelet on my hand, a dove and, and the Holy spirit being the comforter. And after mass, I look at him and I said, Hey bud, like my name's Grayson. Um, with an E. A E. And I look at him and I say, I say, dude, um, I have this bracelet and it has the Holy spirit on it, the Holy spirit on it. And he's, and he's like, yeah. And I said, yeah. Um, Holy spirit's comforter. And he's a, he's a comforter. And I believe that, yeah, I believe that in this season that you're in, uh, he's going to comfort you in this. And I mean, he just, I mean, he lit up, mm-hmm. he lit up and he's like, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that. Like I'm going, I'm going through a lot right now. And I looked at him, I said, I said, buddy, you don't have to live in chains anymore. Like you don't have to, you don't have to go down this beaten path anymore. You get to go off the narrow way. You get to go off this narrow way. And I give you permission to live in freedom. I give you permission and obviously like still obeying their parents. Like, that's not what I'm saying. It's like, go right. like disobey your parents. Yeah. Don't listen to them anymore. Right. right. <laughs> I did that for too long. Amen. And um, I'm like, you have permission, like you have permission to be free. And I think, I think what these, what the children are, are yearning for today is permission to be free, right. permission to operate in freedom and permission one to make mistakes two two to go down this narrow way where we're like, where's the Lord drawing you? And I gave him and like, we, I gave him this bracelet and after mass, we, uh, we started talking to the family and it turns out like their, their two sons and or was, yeah, the thing was their two sons. They, they went to a public institution and they came out atheists. They're like, what do we, what do we the do? The older sons. Yeah. The older sons are like, what do we do? And, and I just looked at him. I said, I mean, it all starts with the family structure. Is dad living this? And like, is dad setting the example in the house? Is he living this out? Does he have a prayer life? Is he enthusiastic? Is he alive in the faith? If dad's not enthusiastic and alive in the faith, and I'm not saying that you have to be jumping up and down, bouncing off the walls all the right, time, yeah. but like having a devotion to our Lord and to our, to our lady. I mean, the, the kids won't, the kids won't live it out. Right. And so I'm like, at first in the, actually the, the dad walked away, <laughs> the dad walked away and went to his car and the mom was just, I mean, she was crying. And then we prayed and it was, it was just this invitation to pursue healing in their own family. On my first, it needs to come forth from the head, the head of the domestic church, which is the father, and it needs to go down through the rest of the family structure. And there's, there needs to be an eagerness and a, and a thirsting for healing within the family. We cannot grow complacent in healing. And the mom was just, I mean, she was just lit up. She was crying. We prayed and, and there was so much freedom and the, and the boy just lit up. His, right. his posture changed. Um, his posture changed because, because of the words that were spoken to him, like you get to live in freedom. And you get to operate in your faith boldly and not be ashamed for it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like this simple like invitation. And that's all we're doing is offering this, this invitation into this way of life, which is, which is the Christian life. And it should be attractive. And I tell people, I'm like, if my life doesn't look like Jesus, and if I don't sound like Jesus, and my life is not producing fruit worthy of the gospel, then don't listen to me. Right? Yeah. Don't listen to me. Literally. Like, Go, go follow somebody, go, go follow somebody else that, that, that their life is producing fruit because you can judge a tree by its fruit. Mm -hmm. Like these signs and wonders will accompany those who believes like these signs and wonders will accompany those who believe. It's not if, or maybe it's like these things will accompany. like there'll be freedom. When you encounter people that are on fire in the faith, there will be freedom. There will be joy. There'll be peace. All of the fruits of the Holy spirit, there will right. be healing. And it just so happens when you encounter the person of Jesus, all of these things accompany him, mm -hmm. healing, freedom, joy, peace like go to Luke 418 he literally says his mission statement is in his hometown in Nazareth it's like I've come here to preach the good news to proclaim release to the captives to to bring and restore sight to the blind like that mission statement's our mission statement mm -hmm. and and so it just so happens when we encounter and basically what it all comes down to is a personal encounter with Jesus Christ like that's it it's encounter yeah and a lot of people that have been baptized a lot of people that have been confirmed have not been evangelized yet they have not been, they have not encountered the person of Jesus Christ yet mm -hmm. and have been told this because they've, they've gotten a watered down gospel and people aren't, people don't want that. 
right yeah. you don't want that i don't want 100%. that i didn't want that right dude amazing <laughs> i love it but i hope this message for people has been similar to what it was for that boy in the pew mm-hmm. is to realize that you know a new life awaits you you know mm-hmm. that jesus is calling you onto something so much greater than what you've experienced so far and i hope that we all can believe that a little bit more today than we did yesterday mm-hmm. you know and really start to work and move towards the lord in that way so just want to thank you for your time today man that was great thanks for sharing Bro, everything dude, thanks for having me yeah. really appreciate it yeah man. absolutely